What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I saw a new doctor and she didn't know what it was, but she was not willing to stop at the fact that it was because of my weight. She wow. knew there was something else going on. My God, Michelle, this is our third time trying this <laughs> gosh darn intro. We can't even be cute about it anymore. I know. We had this whole cute thing. Now. The phone was going to ring. And anyway, this is our least production intro outro because yes. I have you on speakerphone and I'm recording it into a microphone. Because I don't have the internet. I know. Why don't you have the internet? I don't know. Telus didn't have any appointments until Wednesday. Obviously, I should have called earlier. I called like mid last week. Well, I was more thinking this was a segue into talking about what your what your oh. weekend was like. You're so smart. Let me just say no one's more upset about me not having internet than my children. My God, I can't even. You have five like tablet dependent offspring. <laughs> It's like, but everything is, is internet. Like even our Googles that we listen to like white noise at night or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just like, holy crap. Like you can't do anything. Yeah. Watch regular cable without internet. Yeah. Oh my God. So what have the, so, okay. So let's back up. Okay. First of all, I also need to say that I seem to be coming down with something because I don't have much of a voice. And so that's why I sound like this carry on you mean gorgeous and yeah. beautiful that's really something i and sed- feel yeah <laughs> yeah yes i did move this weekend finally the move has happened it was exhausting and did not go as planned and yeah i think we're um, gonna have to make a full patreon about the whole shenanigans we're going to do a full patreon like um, what there are, are things that i cannot say on on the main feed. Yeah. And, but what are the Coles notes? Basically, we moved almost all of our stuff into like a 20 foot cube uh, that was on the driveway. Yeah. And then slowly my parents were like cleaning the house and moving things into the garage. I was also helping, but I was also working. Um, right full time and so yeah I did a bunch of dump runs and things like that but when it came to the move um we were going to get a truck for the last remaining things and when my dad booked it he had said that he needed it for Saturday and he'd pick it up on Friday and then when he went to go pick it up they said you need to have it returned by 8 a.m on Saturday like that was yeah I mean like we're not moving in the middle of the night like (laughs) I mean you could have maybe I guess but you didn't even get your keys to your new place until 11 a.m exactly so that wasn't gonna work unless you know I just put all my stuff on the front lawn I don't know it would have it would not have worked yeah so instead you had sent me a bunch of like movers on Kijiji yeah and so I called I texted one and he was like he kept calling me boss and I was like oh this guy's kind of funny and he's like sure thing boss will have like three people to you by in the afternoon and I was like okay great yeah um and I felt so I felt so relieved because, like, I had to work all weekend, yes. so I couldn't be helping. And I was like, well, maybe this is something. I could, like, I, I could go on Kijiji. I know. And then, like, the kids and I stayed in a hotel on Thursday night and Friday night. So we were out of the house. Yeah. And we didn't have any beds anyways. So Saturday comes, we get 
the cube had already been moved to the new house. So then myself and like our friends, Jana and Francois and Jordan came and like helped me unload the cube. And we did it in like record speed. I feel we acted it very quickly. And then we were just waiting for the movers. My parents were at the other house and they were waiting for the movers to show up. And I had kind of texted and he said, oh, we're just finishing a job. Like, we'll be there soon. And then he said, we're on our way. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call, the guy, and he was like, oh, how much did we, how much did we say? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I was just going based off the Kijiji ad. And I was like, it was $69 an hour. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. That's that's only for one person. I was like, okay, so how much is it going to be? And he was like, well, how much stuff do you have? And I'm like, well, I already told the other guy I had two sectionals, a treadmill, like boxes. Everything's in the garage, so you don't have to go in the house. He's like, oh, no, no, that's too much stuff. Can we come tomorrow? And I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, like you had to be out by noon. I had to be out and we were doing a walkthrough like that evening. And so that was really frustrating. And thankfully, Adrian's big brother came and moved all of our mattresses. So at least we had a place to sleep. Yeah. And then the next day I found another Kijiji mover who was actually legit. They moved all the rest of our stuff. It took about four hours to Is like he load the guy up. that I said had was husband potential? Well, it's his company. Mm. But he, let me tell you, the men that showed up were definitely not husband material. <laughs> They were great, and they're great movers, but that was about it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we're in the house, and everything is moved, and it looks like a bomb went off in my house, but... Yeah, that's moving, though, you know. That's okay. That's okay. We're getting slowly but surely getting there, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm really tired. Now I have to drive my kids and myself back and forth from Calgary to our old town. Yeah, which is like 25 minutes. Yeah, so this morning was our first go, and everyone was a little bit late for school, but I was on time for work, so I'm going to call that a win. Oh, that's a win for sure. They're rarely on time for school. Like, they're full of excuses in the morning oh exactly i mean we got there when the announcements were playing so i think that's fine they didn't miss much well that's amazing i'm so excited to see it i can't believe i was not there to help you i know i was bad mouthing you the whole weekend i was like i don't know what she is what she's doing yeah probably at a spa oh yeah i was just relaxing (laughs) my god no i had to work all weekend today's day six of ten in a row Oh, my lamp. But I'm hoping to have Wednesday off because we're sort of ahead of schedule with this big work project. It appears that my body is just telling me that you're old and should not work this many very long days in a row. Yeah, I think you're just like fully shutting down. <clears throat> yeah, it's not great. So I feel like that today I felt like maybe I fell asleep like on my way to work because all of a sudden I was just like in the town and I was like how did I get here oh my god (laughs) you know when your brain is just on like autopilot and you're like oh okay I feel like there we just had to pause because your kids were yelling but there's no internet what else do you expect them to do I mean I guess they have done really well considering they've been like going outside a lot going to the parks there there's two parks nearby so they've been going there and oh good they're making the best of it, but it's. I think everyone's very tired. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Well, I was just going to say that I didn't realize this weekend was Emergency Preparedness Day. Oh, and are you prepared for an emergency? I don't think so. It really makes, <laughs> like, I think it was on Saturday I heard it on the radio, and I was like, you know, I feel very unprepared for an emergency. Absolutely. What is so funny that I've noticed that... Mormons are incredibly prepared for disasters. Any Mormon that I've seen on Instagram, they always have like an emergency prepared kit. They have like free fried food. They have backpacks packed for everybody, like to go bags, like just in case. Oh my God. They are always incredibly prepared for a disaster. Is it an American thing? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it is an American thing. But I just noticed that a lot of Mormons that I follow on Instagram are like one of them had a giant tank of water, like in their basement. Yeah. I mean, what disaster really? You never know. I guess, but like, you're not getting tornadoes. Really? You're not getting earthquakes. Yeah. You're not getting tsunamis unless you're planning on like a zombie apocalypse. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's made me think about it. Like maybe I should be more prepared, but 
I haven't done anything yeah. about it yet, and it's Monday, so. Well, <laughs> you're not even prepared for the emergency preparedness day. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be ready for next year. We're going to have a whole series on it, maybe. Okay. We've got to interview more Mormon and see how yeah, they do it. A prepper, yeah. But I do want to acknowledge that it is Mother's Day coming up this weekend. Yes. I know. We both hate it, don't we? Well, I only hate it because, like, tomorrow's my anniversary and then it's Mother's Day. So it's like right. a double whammy. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, Lindsay, too. She does not love Mother's Day. I think it's like, well, I mean, we're not going to get into it because we did a whole episode on it last year. I know. If you want to know uh, why we're so bitter, just join our Patreon. Or is it on Patreon? No, it's on the main oh. feed. It's called The okay. Truth About Mother's Day. Well, you get it for free, folks. So Yeah, but I want to talk about our Patreon because we have an episode coming out in just a couple of days. And our Patreon. Oh, I'm so sad for your voice. I know. Maybe you talk. What's Patreon? What is it? No, I think you should do it as oh, you God. slowly run out of air. Okay. Our Patreon is a, a subscription that you can pay as little as $5 a month and receive bonus episodes. We put out two bonus episodes a month. There's some perks on there. And if you're on a little bit of a higher level, you get the bonus episodes early. You get to kind of make some decisions for us, answer some polls. You get Christmas cards. You get entered into some giveaways. Yeah. And it's just a way to support us and the work that we're doing. Yeah, that's... I couldn't have said it better myself. And well, there you go. this week we've had two Patreon episodes without you because of your move. And yes. so this will be the like second one. And me and Amanda and Jody from Everyone Loves to Hate TV talk about evil in-laws. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I do not have an evil in- in-law, but I I have heard many, many stories about evil in-laws. Yeah, this the story that Jody and Amanda tell is are like they're so crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is really crazy. But anywho, and then this episode that we're about to air today, you also weren't part of. You didn't do the interview, so I'm excited for you to hear it. Yeah. We interviewed... I was intrigued. No, I lied. Last week's the one with Serafina. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Let's just say that. Well, Carissa is local to Alberta, the province we live in, and she's so stinking sweet. Like... How do I get these past guests to be our best friends? Because there's... I I say, and maybe this is a large assumption, but if you have been on our show, you're already our best friend. I know, truly. Like, we interview the greatest people. Absolutely. And I want to be friends with all of them. Absolutely. Well, we are. It's yeah. just it's just the way it is. Yeah. Great. They're all Whether listening. Whether you like anyway. it or not, oh, you're our best friend. So. <laughs> so I'm excited for you to hear it. And Me too. Then we'll we'll pick up for a little outro after the show. Okay, sounds good. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello, Carissa. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Good. Happy Easter. Yes. Happy Easter. It's hard to believe it's uh, already Easter Sunday this year. This yeah. 2022 is just flying right by. It is. I've read a few things where it's like time seems to be speeding up, but it like really does feel like it's going so fast. I know. It feels like it was just yesterday and it was Christmas. So yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe we're already four months into the year. (laughs) Yeah. My brain is stuck like in February, maybe like I just keep thinking like, oh, like what month is it? I don't know. Time is a construct. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I've been so excited to chat with you. I found you on TikTok where we find lots of guests. Yeah. So I've actually been on TikTok for over a year, but just watching and scrolling and commenting and liking on other people's posts. But I only started posting my own videos at the beginning of March of 2022. And that was because March is lymphedema awareness month and I struggle with lymphedema. And so I wanted to bring more awareness. And that's when I started posting on TikTok. Wow. And your account has grown really quickly because I think the first video, it was like maybe day three. And so I went back to watch day one and two. And I was like, oh, this must be like a new account because you didn't have like a ton of followers or views yet. And now it's like, it's really blown up. 
Yeah, you're right. I I think I started with like under a hundred followers. You know, some people just follow you back when you comment on their videos. And now I'm almost up to 7,400 followers. And I have one video that's got 140,000 views, which wow. I never thought would even be possible. I was like, oh, if I get a hundred views on a video, I'll be happy. So yeah, it's totally blown up way more than what I expected it would. I kind of think that means that the world world needed to learn. Do you know what I mean? Like when a video that's like sort of educational blows up it, I don't know, like maybe it's TikTok doing their thing, but it just seems like, oh, I think this is something that a lot of people were interested in or could relate to or hadn't heard of. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have had a lot of curiosity and questions on the videos asking more about like, how do you know you had this or what signs do you look for? And so it has been really educational. And, you know, my whole purpose and goal was to bring more awareness about lymphedema because it's not very well known. And because it's something that I struggle with, and I went undiagnosed for the first four years that I had the disease because doctors don't even know about it very well. And so it's really important to bring more awareness and bring more education to just the general public so that, you know, when they are a doctor, they can advocate for themselves and be educated when they go into the doctor's office and say, look, like this isn't just a weight issue because I am overweight. Yeah. And that was my struggle. My doctor, you know, just brushed it off as, oh, you're, wa- you're overweight. You need to lose weight and your issue will go away. And that wasn't the case at all. And so that was when I really found that it was important to bring the awareness to others so that they can have that knowledge to advocate for themselves. That's amazing. Well, why don't we back up? I didn't even introduce you. I'd love it if you maybe introduce yourself, talk about like who you are, what you do, where you're from, whatever you want to share. And then I'd love to get into that process of getting a diagnosis. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Carissa. I am 38 years old and I am married to my wonderful husband, Scott, for the last uh, 13 years. And I am a branch manager for a financial institution here in Edmonton, Alberta. And I've been with the company for the last seven and a half years. And prior to that, I actually worked in a nursing home and worked as a healthcare aide, but I had to switch careers because of my diagnosis with lymphedema. And yeah, that kind of started my whole journey on the the path that I'm on right now with my weight and with my lymphedema and my career path too. So what, I feel like I saw a video that was it kind of like bizarre circumstances that ended up you getting lymphedema or getting diagnosed with it? A little bit of both. So I was actually preparing for my wedding in 2008. I was married in October. And in August of that year, I was actually bitten by a spider. And I am deathly allergic to spiders. Not only am I afraid of them, but I'm actually allergic to them. (laughs) Like all spiders? Yeah, it's surprising because like people are like, oh, spiders are harmless, but they seem to be attracted to me because I've been bitten more times than I can count. And every time I'm bitten by a spider, whether it's just like a black house spider, I've been bitten by a daddy long legs and people are like, oh, they don't bite. Oh, I, they They bite. (laughs) They bite. I don't Um, even think of spiders as like having mouths. Like I know that sounds dumb, but like that is- My nightmare. It's really crazy. So when I was bitten by the spider, within hours, I had a fever. I was getting chills and I was actually on my way to a dress fitting for my wedding and I ended up passing out and well throwing up first all over the dress and then passing out at my seamstress's house and then my parents actually happened to be on their way through the city that I was in and so my dad had called and my seamstress answered my phone and was like hey I've got your daughter here she just passed out anything you can do Yeah, they actually, they stopped out and picked up my husband. We lived about two hours away from where I was getting my dress fitting done. So my husband, well, a fiance at the time came in with my parents and he drove me home and we thought it was just the flu. We didn't know exactly what it was at the time. And then it just wasn't going away. So he took me into the hospital and the leg that I had been bitten on was as red as a Coke can from my, my toes all the way up to my hip. 
and it felt like it was on fire. And Sorry, did so you then, say you did know you got bit? I did know I was bitten, but right. I didn't know that the reaction that I was having was because of that bite. Right. So then when I was in the hospital, the doctor treated it. It was, it turned into an infection called cellulitis. And I was in the hospital for about 12 days at that time. There was severe swelling in that leg and I'd never experienced that before. The doctor said, you know, it'll go away once the infection is cleared up. The swelling never went away. To this day, oh it's never God. gone away. That was how many years ago? So that was a couple of months before my wedding. So 14 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. I went and saw multiple doctors, not only my own doctor, but three other doctors on top of that. And all of them were like, no, you just need to lose weight. It's because you're overweight. It's because you're fat. You need to lose weight. The swelling will go away. I hate and that so much. It's like a doctor will look at me and they'll see my weight and they'll just be like, oh, all of her problems are because of the weight. Or they'll assume that I'm diabetic because of my yeah. weight. And, you know, or even if I have to go into a hospital, they're like, oh, you're diabetic. And I'm like, no, I'm not actually. And they'll yeah. question me. Are you sure? And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure. Like I get my blood done on a regular basis. There's a lot of that stigma that when you're overweight, that the doctors will just stop there. Yeah. And they don't look at the underlying issues. So then four years has gone by. I've seen four different doctors and they've all said the same thing. And I knew that that wasn't the case because I've been heavy my entire life and never had I experienced swelling like that in my legs before. When my husband and I actually relocated from Saskatchewan to Alberta for my husband's job, we had to find new family doctors. And I saw a new doctor and she didn't know what it was, but she was not willing to stop at the fact that it was because of my weight. She wow. knew there was something else going on. And so and do we you were think that to had anything to do with the fact that she was a female doctor or had you had other presumptuous doctors that were female? Yeah. So when I was in Saskatchewan, two out of the four doctors that I saw there were also female. Wow. So two were male and two were female. And so I don't think that it was because she was a female. I just feel like she cares yeah. Not that the other doctors didn't care, but she had never seen lymphedema before, but she was willing to actually like dig deeper. And I actually brought the diagnosis to her when I had seen an article in the newspaper about a woman who had lymphedema and was refused treatment at a hospital. There was a picture of her and it was like looking in the mirror. I looked at her and I saw my legs on her body. Wow. And then I started reading more of the article and she was talking about her lymphedema and she was going into the hospital to get a a treatment. It was a compression wrapping. Then I started just researching lymphedema and what causes it and what the side effects are. And then I took all of this to my doctor right away. And then my doctor was like, okay, we've got some research to do here. Wow. So then she looked into it and then we did some testing. And finally, after four years of fighting with doctors, I was given the diagnosis of lymphedema. That's incredible. That shouldn't take that long. No, when it's something that like, already exists. Can you talk a little bit about what lymphedema is? Yeah. So lymphedema is where your lymph nodes, we have lymph nodes all throughout our body. When the lymph node system is damaged or blocked and your lymphatic system flushes out toxic fluids in your body, and then you, you pee it out essentially. And so when your lymph system is not working properly, the fluid has no place to go. And so when you have lymphedema, the fluid collects in the affected limbs. So you can have lymphedema in your legs, in your abdomen, you can have it in your arms, you can have it basically anywhere. I've seen lymphedema in your face. Men wow. can get it in their scrotum. God. So yeah, it's basically, it's just fluid collecting. And then because it has nowhere to go, it starts to calcify and solidify. So then oh. it becomes what we call as a lobule and it's very hard and it's heavy. It's very, yeah. very heavy. And is it painful? Extremely. Oh, it's extremely God. painful. Yeah. There is not a moment in the day where I'm not in some type of pain. There are just certain times of the day where it's more painful than right. others. Yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned doctors always wanted to blame your weight or push it off to your weight. Is it predominantly like people who are overweight that get it? So that's a good question. And that's, you know, that's a, a huge misconception with lymphedema and people assume just because you're overweight that you have lymphedema. It's true. A lot of overweight people do develop lymphedema because the weight can compress your lymphatic system. However, mm -hmm. 
anybody can get lymphedema. There are two types. There's primary lymphedema and secondary lymphedema. So your primary lymphedema is going to be something that you're born with, where your lymphatic system is just not working correctly. And then there's secondary lymphedema, which is caused by a trauma to the lymphatic system. So you'll often see cancer patients with lymphedema. Just thinking with- we, yeah, we interviewed a girl named Rachel who had three times melanoma and yep. it affected her lymph nodes and she always has to wear compression garments now. Yeah. And that's exactly the case. Oh. You know, you'll often see it with breast cancer patients. They'll get lymphedema in their arms. The actress, oh. Kathy Bates, she actually has lymphedema in her arms and she is actually a lymphedema advocate in the States and she developed it after breast cancer. Wow. That's interesting. It's really, it's sad how much lymphedema is out there, but yet so many people are not aware of it or have never even heard of it before. And that includes doctors. It's one thing if the general population, but how do medical professionals not know what it is? Yeah. Well, through my research, um, like I've been dealing with this disease now for 14 years, but only again, diagnosed 10 years ago, but through my entire process, I've been researching doctors are only trained on the lymphatic system for 15 to 30 minutes in their entire, their entire schooling. My God, I thought you were going to say 15 to 30 hours. And I would like, to me, I was like, oh, that's not enough minutes. Yeah. So you're going to, you know, if, if you're questioning about lymphedema, a vascular doctor is going to have the most knowledge on the lymphatic system or somebody who specializes with lymphedema. But if you don't know what you're dealing with, then it's hard to know to go to those. So yeah, like that's why I had to go to so many doctors because they didn't know about it. And even my own doctor that I have now, the one that actually diagnosed me, she was not aware of lymphedema before we got the diagnosis. It was because of the research that I had done, brought it to her, and then she did more research on it. And that was how I got the diagnosis. But had I not advocated for myself, I could still be undiagnosed to this day. That's so unreal. I've heard too about weight loss and weight maintenance. Doctors only get like one module in their training that have to do with weight loss. And so for doctors to be like, well, just lose weight. It's a lot more complicated than that. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, like I've, like I said, I've, I've been heavy my entire life, but prior to getting lymphedema, I worked full-time as a healthcare aide at a nursing home. I worked 12 hour shifts on my feet and I can't do that anymore. I I have to use a wheelchair for long distances because my body has gained so much weight because of the lymphedema that I, I just physically can't walk that far anymore. I have to use a cane to walk on a regular basis, but I also had to change careers because I could no longer do the healthcare aid job. Yeah. So I, that's why I work in the financial industry now because I can sit at a desk and I don't have to be on my feet all day. So mobility <laughs> is like a big thing. How, how else does it affect you? Because it's on your leg. And so it's like physically a part of your leg, right? Yeah. The lymphedema affects both my legs and my abdomen. It's progressed because when I was first diagnosed, it was only predominantly in my left leg. But as the lymphedema is, as the fluid is retaining and not escaping, then that pushes into other areas of the body as well. So with my mobility and the lymphatic fluid, I have between a hundred to 150 pounds of fluid just in my legs, just in my legs. And it's, and it's pooled there. Nowhere to go, right? Like the system isn't actually processing it. Exactly. Exactly. And so my one leg, it's predominantly in my left leg. And so I have a lobule, I have it's mainly in my thigh. So most people, your, your thigh stops at your knee. Whereas because my thigh is so full of fluid, it's stretched out and it actually hangs below my knee. And it probably hangs about halfway down my calf because of how swollen it can be. And not only does it affect my mobility when I'm walking, but because of how large my thigh is, it pushes my knee outwards. So it adds a lot of pressure onto my knee. It puts pressure onto my hips. My ankles are pretty sore as well. And so it's very, very painful. It is not, it's not a comfortable disease by any means. Yeah. 
And what are what like what are the treatment options? Yeah, so there's a few treatments options. First of all, there's no cure for lymphedema. That's part of the reason why I wanted to bring more awareness so that they can do more research to find a cure or find more treatments. But the main treatments are compression. There's compression garments. Like you would see with somebody who has diabetes, they wear compression socks. So you can do that, but it has to be caught in the early stages of lymphedema because the compression socks are more of a maintenance to keep the swelling down. But when you are swollen, your compression garments aren't going to fit properly. There is a wrapping method. You have to get wrapped by a professional until they can train you how to do it yourself. But to wrap, it's almost like taking a tensor bandage, but it's a specific type of material with a specific type of elasticity. And so they'll put like a foam piece around your leg or the affected limb, and then they'll wrap this bandage around. They'll literally wrap each individual toe and then wrap your leg all the way up the affected area. So for me, it would be from my toes right up to my abdomen. And that in and of itself is very painful. I wouldn't be able to work if I were to get wrapped on a daily basis. Right. Because I wouldn't be able to bend my leg. My God. And like the wrapping all it, it like it basically forces the fluid to go somewhere else. Exactly. It right? forces it out and then you you pee it out essentially. And so there's also manual lymphatic drainage massage, which is a massage therapists can get professionally trained in that area. It's a very light touch massage and they focus on the the lymphatic system. So they'll lightly massage the lymph nodes to encourage them to open up. And so for myself with the manual lymphatic drainage massage, they will start at the hip area for me and then work their way down and back up because they want to open up that lymph system. Whereas if they start at the bottom and work their way up, it still has nowhere to go because they haven't opened up those lymph nodes, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. And it's a very exhausting experience to go through a lymphatic drainage massage. Your body just goes into overdrive to try and get rid of all that fluid. But in order to maintain the loss of the fluid, you have to do those treatments every day or every other day in order to keep the fluid off. So for someone like myself who I'm working full-time, which I need to work full-time for an income to support my, my family and I, I'm not able to get those treatments. The wrapping as well, because I was diagnosed so late, the lymphedema had already progressed to stage three and there's four stages of lymphedema. And when I was first diagnosed, I was already at stage three. And so the doctor, the lymphedema specialist that I saw, was concerned that if they did that, the wrapping stage, that it would force the fluid up to my heart. And then that could cause further issues. Yeah, And that was not something that they were willing to take a risk with. And there's no surgery. I don't, I don't know what the surgery would do, but there's nothing they can do from like an internal. Yeah. So um, currently in Canada, there's no surgery that they can do. I know that in some foreign countries, they've done like a, like a vascular transplant kind of thing, but I believe it's still in the research phases, but there's nothing that they can do surgically here in Canada. I've heard of you know, people asking if they can just suck the fluid out like you would with like a liposuction or anything, right. right? But with where the lymph nodes are, they're just under the surface of the skin. And the, it's not something that you can just go in and suck out that fluid. With lymphedema, we are much more susceptible to infection. And so anytime there is an open wound on a lymphatic limb, you have to be extremely careful. So surgery is extremely dangerous for someone with lymphedema. Wow. That's so frustrating. Like just hearing it that, that, you know, in today's world, when, you know, the, I don't know, the medical world is so incredible and like, there's just, you don't have a lot of options. Yeah, it definitely is discouraging and it's definitely frustrating, especially with, with my situation, because I could have been diagnosed earlier, but because of the lack of knowledge from the doctors, they didn't diagnose me. And because they stopped at my weight, I was definitely very angry when I was first diagnosed because had they caught it early enough, they could have managed it with compression garments and it would not have progressed to the stage that I'm at now. And so that was very frustrating for me. I think I've 
I've gotten over that anger part and it's now turned into a passion to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. Yeah. And have you faced, I've seen a couple of your videos, some ignorant or negative reactions or people interacting with you. Is that something that happens a lot? Yeah, definitely. When I was living in Saskatchewan and working with a nursing home, I also worked with some adults with disabilities through another program. And I was with a client at a grocery store. We had walked in at the produce section and at the back of that section, there was a child in a a shopping cart, probably maybe five years old with his mom. And he sees me walk in and he was like, mommy, look at that fat lady. The mom turns around and just stops and stares at me probably for a good 30 seconds and doesn't say anything. And then just turns around and, you know, keeps pushing her cart for me. Like it wasn't the issue with the child saying it, it was more the parent who needed to take that moment to educate their child on not only what's appropriate to say in public, but to educate and be like, you know, everybody comes in different shapes and sizes and colors and to let their child know that it's okay to see somebody that's different and how to approach it in public. But yeah, I also get more so with males. I don't feel like I I hear rude comments in public from females as much, but it's more males that I'll hear rude comments like I've been called a cow or a hippo, or if I'm walking by, they'll make sound effects and stuff, you know, and it's nothing new. I've always been teased and bullied because I've always been heavy, but I noticed it more since I've had the lymphedema because my legs are quite large. They are abnormally large. They're not a normal person's legs. So I do experience that on a regular basis. It's given me social anxiety. I've had to go on medication for my anxiety because there would be days where I would be stuck at my door. I couldn't take that step to walk out the door to go to work because I was just frozen in fear as to what society would say about me that day. Like, I don't mind the innocence of children's curiosity. I actually welcome that because it's an opportunity for me to educate them. I've had children in my industry, you know, I work in the financial industry. And so we have customers that come in with their children. Typically I'm sitting behind a desk, but we do have a, a coloring area for kids and stuff. And that's actually behind my desk area. And so... I've had children that can see my legs from that standpoint. And they'll ask me like, why are your legs so big? And I I welcome that because that gives me the opportunity to tell them and to educate them. And then it also teaches the parent at the same time that it's okay to talk about these issues. There's just a way to do it, you know? Yeah. It's really frustrating dealing with weight issues and being judged constantly and being talked down to or treated differently when it comes to the workforce, when you're overweight, you know, I struggled with my job that I'm in now. When I first started, I didn't necessarily see eye to eye with my boss when I first started because I was different. I didn't do things the way that some of the other managers in my area did things. And I needed to adapt how I did some marketing and stuff like that because I couldn't physically get out there. And, and so I had to help change the perspective of my boss to let her know that, Hey, just because I look this way, doesn't mean I can't still do my job. I just have to do it a different way. You know, I feel like it's really our responsibility to help change society's perspective of weight and you can still be healthy and still be overweight. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have other health conditions, regardless of the size of their body. Yes. And I think people just like you said, like with doctors, I think it's really just common in society that they think, oh, well, you know, if you lost X amount of weight, that would clear up for you. Those two things don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Yeah, exactly. Like even on some of the TikTok videos that I've done, people have commented, well, just lose weight or stop eating and, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, no, even if I lose weight, I'm still going to have the lymphedema. I'm still going to have the swelling, you know? And that's why it's important for people to know that lymphedema doesn't just happen in overweight people. It can happen in skinny people. It can happen in people who are 75 pounds, a hundred pounds, and they can still have lymphedema, you know? So 
yes, I am a heavy person with lymphedema. Did it come because of my weight? No, it came from a spider bite. And I think yeah. people just assume that it's because of my weight and it's, it's not. Yeah. So it's a frustrating misconception that people have about lymphedema. Yeah. It gets me real fired up when I talk, when people just like make assumptions. I think I've grown a lot in my adulthood. I am also 38 and I probably used to make a lot of assumptions just about a lot of things. And yeah. I don't want people to have to like not learn the hard way, but we should just do better with people and people should just, I don't know, just make less assumptions. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I think curiosity is a good thing. And I think if we are willing to have open communication with each other, with our friends, our family, coworkers, then it removes the assumptions. Be proud of what your body is like. I am so proud that I can go to work every day with this disease because there are a lot of people that struggle with lymphedema that physically cannot work. And yeah. my doctor that I have now, she actually recommended that I go on disability. Probably about four years ago, she recommended it. And for me, I I couldn't do that. That right. is not something that I'm willing to take a step back on because one, I'm passionate about my job, but two, if I were to go on disability, I know that I would become so depressed yeah. and I would feel isolated and I don't want that. I want to be proud of who I am and proud of what I can accomplish and to show that just because I have this disease does not mean that it's going to stop me from doing what I want to do. I just have to do things differently. Yeah. So when your doctor said that, was it sort of like a short-term solution to finding a treatment or getting it better? Or yeah. did she just think like, just go on disability? No, she, when she had recommended it to me about four years ago, it was, you know, I was 34 at the time and she had recommended it as a short-term thing so that, you know, I could work on getting some weight loss, getting some regular treatments, like the wrapping, the massages and such right. to get it back under control and then maintain it with the compression garments. With that, not everything is covered by insurance. And yeah. so- there's expenses to consider. And if I were to go on disability, I would be losing some of that income. And so it's, even though there's treatments out there, they're not easily accessible necessarily. And that's a lot coming from Canada. You know, we've got, right. you know, arguably enhanced healthcare to a lot of countries. Yes. And, and that's frustrating because, you know, I do on my TikTok videos, I have a lot of viewers from the States and, you know, I am thankful that we live in Canada and we have the healthcare system that we do have, but yet it can still be better. It can still be more accessible to more people and more affordable treatments. That's the frustrating part because it's a catch 22, you know, like I can get the treatment if I stop working for a few years, but I wouldn't be able to afford the treatments yeah. <laughs> to be able to get that swelling down to the level that I need it to be. Yeah. Oh, that feels just like a double-edged sword. Exactly. You said you had, what's the term when the fluid calcifies? So it calcifies and then it creates like a lobule. It's basically just like a sack of skin that hangs on my leg. That's just full of calcified lymphatic fluid. And you'll often see on a, a limb with lymphedema when it's that swollen, you'll see what looks like blisters or bumps on the effect uh, on the affected skin. And it's just the lymphatic fluid that's literally trying to force its way out. And it, with my legs or with any lymphatic or anybody with lymphedema and an affected limb, if you get just something like a simple paper cut, lymphatic fluid will start leaking out of your limb. It was a couple of years ago. I had actually just gotten out of my car and went to close my car door and the bottom of the car door just caught my leg and nicked my leg. My leg was leaking fluid for four solid days and it's not bleeding. It's just yeah. clear lymphatic fluid, but yeah. it's also very dangerous because that lymphatic fluid is toxic fluid that your body is trying to flush out of the system. And so as soon as it touches the surface of the skin, it can eat away at that skin. And if it's not treated, it can turn into a very serious infection called cellulitis. Oh, I was God. hospitalized about two years ago 
with an infection from just a cut on the bottom of my foot. It landed me in the hospital for four weeks and I was off work for three months. Wow. Before you said that, I was like, did that cut provide some relief? Did it get rid of enough fluid that you got some comfort from it? You know, like not to say you should cut yourself, but yeah, (laughs) no, actually that's funny that you say that because before I knew that it was lymphedema, I discovered that if there was a hole in my leg, that some fluid would come out. And I was thinking in my head, yeah, Hey, this might give me some relief. And so my husband, Oh, I can't believe that I would do this, (laughs) but (laughs) I would put a beach towel or a bath towel underneath my leg. And I would take like a a needle and I would just poke little holes in my leg so that I could get some fluid out. And by the time I would wake up in the morning, that that towel was soaked with fluid, but yet my leg was still the same size. And that was before my lymphedema had progressed to where it was now. And so as soon as I was diagnosed with lymphedema and I told the doctor that I'd been doing that, she was like, don't you dare do that again. (laughs) And since then, like the, the worse your lymphedema is, the easier it is for you to get an infection. So something literally like a paper cut could literally end me up in the hospital. Wow. And is it, is it progressive in that it's only going to get worse without treatment or can it just stay at the state that it's in now? So there's certain things that I do at home and at work to help maintain it from getting worse. I make sure at work that I have a stool under my desk so that I can keep my feet elevated when I need to. Because I work long days at work, I'm usually at work for 10 or 11 hours every day, Monday to Friday. And so on my lunch hour, I usually take an hour and I will put my feet up, you know, on a table and kind of have them elevated so that it can help me maintain it throughout the day. And then in the evenings, my husband is a godsend and he will rub my legs for me to help push some of that fluid out and help reduce the swelling overnight. But if I look at from starting my work week on a Monday to the end of a day on a Friday, I could have gained 50 pounds of just fluid in those five days. My God. And that's just straight fluid. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that goes along with weight loss because it's a struggle to gauge where my weight loss is because I'm constantly fluctuating with the fluid that I'm carrying around in my legs. Of course. Yeah. So it's, it's a very frustrating journey and frustrating battle. Yeah. To me, I'm just like, how do more people not know about this? Like this sounds... Yeah. And so March is Lymphedema Awareness Month. It is. Yeah. So it's globally, it's Lymphedema Awareness Month. And then March 6th is Lymphedema Awareness Day. So basically, it's just all about bringing that awareness, getting the word out there, telling people what lymphedema is and how to look for signs of lymphedema. You want to look for swelling, abnormal swelling, swelling that's not going to go away. And even when you elevate your swelling, is it going to go completely? completely away. You can also look for pitting edema. So if you press on the area that's affected and it leaves a dent that it doesn't just pop right back up again, that's what's called pitting edema. Yeah. Those are, those are your main signs that you want to look for with lymphedema. And if any of those signs are, are happening on any affected area, whether it's your leg, your arm, your abdomen, anything, yeah. you want to talk to your doctor and, and ask them about lymphedema. And if they don't know, try a different doctor because it's, it's crucial to get a diagnosis in the early stages. How did they officially diagnose it? Is it like a blood test? What does that look like? Yeah. So there's a a few testings that they can do. You know, they can do, my doctor did some ultrasounds on my legs. We were testing for like blood clots and stuff like that. So they kind of did it by process of elimination as well. And then the pitting edema was a huge sign. There's also just like certain shapes that your legs or your affected limb, I always refer to my legs because that's what I experienced. Yeah. But there's a certain shape that comes along with lymphedema that you can kind of recognize. Like I can see somebody and I can be like, I'm pretty sure that's lymphedema just because of the way that the body is adjusting to having that fluid in the right in that limb. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes if you know about lymphedema and you're aware of it, then you can sometimes spot it in other people. But if you're not educated on it, then you would have no idea. Right. 
And that's where some like stupid assumptions come from. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And your well, your husband sounds amazing. That's really, has he been supportive this whole time and your family and friends? Like, do you have a community? I do. My, my husband is absolutely amazing. You know, when we got married and we said our vows for better, for worse, this is through sickness and in health. And he has definitely taken that to the core and has stood by me 100%. You know, he's been absolutely amazing. He is great with helping me with my wheelchair when we're doing longer distances and stuff. And he's an amazing support with my lymphedema. I'm not able to drive anymore because my legs are so swollen that I would not be able to drive safely to have my foot on the gas pedal and then be able to move it over to the brake pedal because my legs just can't go that close together. And so, you know, my husband does all of our driving. He drops me off at work in the mornings and picks me up and you know he's absolutely amazing and then my family itself my brother and sister-in-law and my parents and Scott's family has been very supportive as well and you know I've gone through some friendships some that have not been supportive I had a 20-year friendship that I ended because there was just such a lack of compassion because when you're struggling with lymphedema and with weight issues you can't do everything that a skinny person can do. Right. You can't just go and walk at the park and be comfortable. You can't just go on a full day of shopping because I just physically can't do it. So at that point, it's like, I need to get rid of the toxic people in my life and I need yeah. to focus on what's going to be positive. I've learned to do that. And so because of that learning experience, I've got an amazing group of of friends that are supportive and are willing to work within my limitations, which is absolutely incredible. Oh, that's so nice. Oh my gosh. Well, I thank you so much for taking time on a Sunday after, you know, on a long weekend to chat with me. It It's been really, really nice. Well, it was my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, the more awareness that we can bring to lymphedema, the better. We need to get the word out there. And the more people that know about it, the more, you know, maybe it'll strive a passion in somebody to start some research and to, you know, start a new path to finding a cure for this disease. So I I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. And um, I look forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, that's great. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your weekend and we'll talk really soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's going to get real loud here in a minute because Lindsay just got home. Let's try and be quick. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. I know you didn't technically already hear the episode because we're recording the outro before you heard it, but Carissa, thank you so stinking much for (laughs) sharing your story on our podcast. Absolutely. And I hope to one day virtually meet you. Or in person. Or in person. Absolutely. Sorry about that, folks. Lindsay and Wyatt just got home, and so all the dogs started barking because... Crazy. I, I think really you need to get your dogs under control. Okay, my children yeah. are very quiet. <laughs> They're always and quiet. We never hear... They never yell. We never hear our kids or dogs in... I think children should be seen and not heard and yeah. maybe not seen. <laughs> <laughs> just thought about occasionally. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Lindsay, are you Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you need that? help? Lindsay's in the bathroom and I just heard, oh, shit. Oh, no. I'll cut that out. But... <laughs> no, I think you should leave that. But anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, even with this highly questionable quality intro and outro. <laughs> you know, it's been a time and we're getting through it, but consistency is what we are passionate about and we want to provide weekly episodes. So yes. that's what you get sometimes is this is this yes we want to just keep putting out the episodes for everybody and there are some tricky things that we have to maneuver but we're doing it we just want to keep putting out right we (laughs) are all about putting out well if you guys don't already please follow us on social media we are on tiktok instagram facebook just search i did not sign up for this and join our Patreon because we have a lot of fun over there. Yeah, and our following us on socials are just a great way to like keep up with what's going on, our, our episodes, our guests, and kind of what's going on in our crazy lives. So. I was going to say our dumpster fire lives some days. There but... you go, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Michelle, <laughs> I hope you have a good night. Tomorrow's day two of getting up and getting the kids to school on time. Yeah. And 
I'm excited to see your house. Yeah, I'm excited for you to see it. Yeah. All right. Okay, I will talk to you night. later. Okay, Feel bye. Better. Okay, bye.